This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia, The Labor Show. Jay Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is The Labor Show with Jay Doc and Krause. Busy night on The Labor Show tonight. A good Saturday evening and welcome in to The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause as we come to you live tonight. J-Doc on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's our expanded two-hour edition uh, of The Labor Show. Hour number one uh, is um, set up to be the who's who uh, around the labor union community and around the Philadelphia region, sir. We've got a great first hour, uh, a great two-hour show, great first hour kicking off. Absolutely. And, and uh, here, here's the way the headline ran in Philadelphia Magazine. The 76 most influential people in Philadelphia. And in the picture uh, were our, our, our guests in hour one, Ryan Boyer, business manager, laborers district council, uh, president, Philadelphia Building Trades, uh, Jerry Jordan, President, Philadelphia Federation of Teachers. Chris Woods, President, District 1199C. Uh, This is a show. This is Black History Month. We're in the midst of it. And I couldn't be prouder to bring these three individuals on the broadcast. Uh, I want to welcome in Ryan Boyer. How are you, sir? How are you? How are you? Hey, Jay Doc and Krause, how are you? My old co-hosts, man. My old buddies. That's right. That's right. We got we got the band back together, um, and we yeah. love having always love having Ryan on. Yeah, and, Ryan. The only thing that has changed. Uh, no food. The, man. Ryan, the, the Here we fir- go, Ryan. Here we go. The only thing that's changed. I don't know if you picked it up when you listened when you were listening to the um, to the show open on the way into on the lead into the show. But after all of these years. Uh, including your tenure in the big chair, uh, J. Doc has nudged his name up to the lead billing uh, in the show. So uh, it is now J. Doc and Krause, and I, uh, I was, pr- I was uh, happy to oblige when I received that. When you know, I received that request, Ryan. I'm about ready to give it up. He's been crying for like three months. It's ridiculous, um, but it's awesome, obviously, to have you on the broadcast, my friend. Uh, Jerry Jordan, president of Philadelphia Federation of Teachers, uh, a longtime guest uh, on the program. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. It's good to be with you guys uh, tonight. It's great to have you, Jerry. And uh, do we have Chris Woods back on? Okay. So, so Chris will be back on in a second. Uh, having said that, um, uh, gentlemen, it, it, I, I want to start with, with Jerry because, Jerry, I was doing a little bit of reading, and I was uh, reading your bio. And amazingly, and just uh, it, 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 
it mentions you remember when black teachers were not permitted to teach in white schools or be principals. To me, that is unbelievable. Um, but, you know, wasn't very long ago, am I correct? No, it wasn't very long ago. And uh, I share that information because that is uh, personal and it is literally what happened with members of my family. I'm blessed to be a third-generation teacher in the school district of Philadelphia in my family. So I grew up hearing stories uh, during Sunday dinners because, you know, uh, not too long ago, and some people may remember it, that, uh, you know, families had a big Sunday dinner. There was a blue law in Philadelphia, and so the stores were closed on Sunday, uh, the bars were closed on Sunday, and the Sunday was a day that you know families went to church and uh, they then gathered together and had you know a really big family dinner. And I heard the stories of my aunts. I had three uh, who were teachers, and they would talk about the kind of things that they had to endure every day in order to earn a living. And you know, the one uh, point that you just made, I had an aunt who uh, got a principal certificate, and uh, her principal said to her, uh, you, I don't know why you got that, because you're never going to be able to get a job because uh, the, the district just doesn't uh, hire blacks to be principals at that time. And, uh, you know, she, of course, had earned it, and she persevered. And another aunt who um, went to Westchester a College at the time, and uh, she majored in French. She, uh, her student teaching experience, which is something that all teachers have to go through in order to uh, get their uh, degree and a certificate in teaching, uh, she was told she was assigned to Edison high school on Lehigh Avenue at the time, mm -hmm. and that was a uh, primarily all-white student population. If not, but I'm saying primarily, it was an all-white uh, student population, and uh, her student teaching experience was not standing in front of the classroom teaching the children, learning her craft, getting critiqued by her uh, mentor teacher. Her student teaching experience was from day one, sit in the back of the room and observe. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and you know, uh, that's something that is real. And as a child, I sat at the table and I listened, as all kids like to listen to the conversation that the adults are having because it's always interesting. You know, and, uh, you know, I also heard about the injustices that they had to endure. You know, I will you know, be brief, but, you know, the one experience that really stuck with me is that my one aunt had a principal who I guess had nobody at home who, you know, cared about him. So he would hold uh, staff meetings, faculty meetings, on Friday at the end of the day. Friday, end of the day. I mean, we're all like crazed to get out of work, you know, Friday evening. Sure. And in those days, there was no union, no union contract. And um, he would just keep them as long as he wanted. 
Well, on this particular Friday, there was a forecast for a, a winter storm, snowstorm coming in. And uh, they sat there, and they had to listen to whatever it is he had to say. And for as long as he had to say it, and by the time they got out, there was a lot of snow on the ground. And because teachers were not paid that much of the time, uh, they were using public transportation. And in those days, it was called PTC. And uh, they had to stand on the corner in the dark and catch PTC to go home. So uh, I grew up hearing these types of stories, and uh, it's just uh, a part of what has really helped me to become who I am. And, and, and having said that, and we're going to get into, uh, you know, how far we've come and where we're going, uh, I want to transition to Ryan Boyer. Uh, Ryan, uh, leadership uh, has run in your family, uh, making a difference, and uh, being a part of the process. Uh, did that also come to you at an early age? Oh, absolutely. Uh, how, are you? how are you, Jerry and Chris? I'm doing and, uh, well. Yeah, we had those Sunday dinners as well, and uh, my my father, who who uh, uh, when he passed was the secretary treasurer of local three thirty two. Uh, we we had those same Sunday dinners that Jerry talked about because it was a different time and things were closed. And yes, uh, my grandmother was an activist. Uh, uh, her name was Catherine Allen. She was an activist, and my other grandmother. Uh, I was raised at the feet of my grandmother, my father's, and my, my mother had nine siblings. So we, we had a lot of leadership in, in our family. And one of the most constant people in our neighborhood that people talked about was Sam Staten Sr. If you wanted a job, you would go see Sam. And, you know, I, when I first met Sam, because his lore was so huge, I was expecting to see a guy seven feet tall. And when I saw this guy about five, six, you know, he was small in stature, but very big in weight, and he was always well-dressed and immaculate. And, and I told Sam that he didn't know that all the guys in the neighborhood always wanted to be like Sam. You know, that, he was our role model because he would come and, um, you know, give people from the, um, from the um, Richard Allen Projects um, jobs, and, and they would move out. I mean, I have a personal story where, you know, when my father got in the union, we were living in the projects, and nine months later, we, we had a house in, in Germantown. And then four years after that, we had a tree-lined twin, and, and, and my father's current home where his wife still lives today now. I mean, it, it, it doesn't take long, and a, and a good union job changes your situation. And the three gentlemen that you have on tonight, I like to say that we represent, in Philadelphia, in this region, a lot of the black middle class. You know, just think about it. If you're black and you're in the middle class and you're of a certain age, the only opportunity you had was to be professional was to be a teacher, right, or a government worker. You know, the private sector wasn't yet open to us. And the only union you can get in the building trades was the laborers' union. That's just reality. We're not talking about anybody. And we're just being factual here tonight. Sure. That these three venerable organizations, 1199C, the PFT, and Labor's, uh, Labor's District Council, represent so much in our community, much more than just a union. They represent an opportunity, hope. You know, the endomialism. You know, when you hope 
you knew that you could go to the PFT and you would get a fairer shake. Obviously, what Jerry said, it wasn't fair, but at least you had an opportunity to get a job, you know? And your Aunt Jerry, she's smart. She went to the best state school that ever could be. <laughs> yeah, right. When she no. went, it was Westchester Teachers College. When I went, it was Westchester University. <laughs> Having said that, Ryan, you know, the, the word there is opportunity. And it's amazing what people can do uh, if they just get an opportunity. And uh, my good friend Chris Woods, also one of our co-hosts, on the program before, by the way, Chris, before Joe Krause tells you how, how upset he is with me that my name is first. Anytime you and Ryan come back, I'm going to be taking a, take a back seat um, on the show. But having said that, Chris, you also grew up in, uh, with the, with the union, uh, you know, being in your family, your story's compelling. Um, it's what made you who you are today, if you will. Yeah, thank you, uh, Joe, for having me, and uh, thank you um, for for allowing us uh, to come on tonight. Myself, Ryan, and, and Jerry, uh, two guys that I look up to in the labor movement. Um, but like you said, I grew up around um, the union. My grandmother was a union member at Hahnemann. She was a dietitian, um, and my grandmother is responsible for why I'm here, and she raised my sister and myself, and but as she moved up the ranks and, you know, came out of the shop and started working, you know, at 1199C and then became a part of the leadership um, under Henry Nicholas, our former president, um, President Emeritus Henry Nicholas. Um, you know, I just was running around and grew up at the Union Hall. And, you know, never in a million years would I have thought that I would be where I am today, um, you know, at 1199C and then within the labor movement. But um, in college, and I, I would push back on Ryan about the, the best state school in Pennsylvania. I, I would, we, uh, up at Edinburgh, we would have something to say about that. On the <laughs> do, do, do they have students in Edinburgh? On the western side of the state. On the western side of the state, we would have something to say about that. But, um, you know, so but when I graduated college, I knew I wanted to be in the labor movement. And, um, you know, I called up Henry, and, uh, you know, he gave me an opportunity, gave me a start, and then, you know, I had an opportunity to just continue to move up the ranks. And, um, you know, I'm excited about the labor movement in Philadelphia in particular. I'm excited about the leadership that we have on both the public and private sector. And, um, you know, I think sky's the limit. And, you know, shout out to Philly Mag for highlighting, you know, three powerful unions and three unions that are important in the, within the city of Philadelphia and within our community as African-Americans. And, uh, you know, as Ryan touched on, you know, this is – that's the middle class. We've been a, we've been able to change and provide hope and give opportunity to folks who are within the middle class. And um, the PFT, Labor's District Council, and 1199C, um, along with some of our other ASPE unions as well in the city of Philadelphia, have been responsible for providing that hope and change. So I'm proud of where we are. I'm proud of all of our leadership, and I'm I'm proud of, of where we where we look to go. Opening remarks from Ryan Boyer, Jerry Jordan, and Chris Woods here on The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause. We'll get to our first uh, commercial break. We'll dig a little bit deeper into those opening remarks when we come back. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Iron Workers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ District 1201. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with 
so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll veto it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here live on The Labor Show with Jadock and Krause, visiting with Ryan Boyer, Jerry Jordan, and Chris Woods. One programming reminder, Doc, our uh, Labor Leader Roundtable sessions return to the Sinesta Hotel. Uh, more information to come uh, on our first big Labor Leader Roundtable dinner and a great event uh, returns. That comes up towards the uh, end of, of April. It will follow the 34th annual All-Star Labor Classic, in my opinion, the uh, the best fundraising event ever created, ever created. in the country. Absolutely. Just no doubt about it. Uh, back to our conversation. Ryan, I want to begin with you uh, just as a follow-up to some of your open remarks uh, in that opening uh, segment. I wonder, Ryan, if you now find yourself in addition to all of the responsibility that you have as um uh, as the business manager as the president of the building trades do you find yourself personally now trying to find ways to impact others the way you were impacted when you were younger Uh, absolutely I, i i think it's a responsibility for all of us here and Chris named the unions. I think we cannot forget TWU, Local 234. Willie Brown, yep. Willie Brown. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that is a, it's a responsibility for, for me to highlight the opportunities that I've been given and to let, give people hope and also to help people navigate uh, some, somewhat of a, a process that is not known and that is the process to apprenticeships. I believe in apprenticeship training. Uh, it's funny. I just now saw a kid who's uh, 30. He just turned 30. I helped him get into one of the unions, and he, and he called me when he got his W-2 back. And he said, you know, thanks. Uh, he called me up. He said, thanks, Uncle. He said, my W-2 said I made $124,000. And his oh. sister's a lawyer, and she's only, she only makes 80000 but she has $160,000 worth of debt. So he said, who's the smart one now? <laughs> and that was, he was, just, you know, Ryan, that's a, a year ex- apart. extremely interesting because you talk about the apprentices and the apprentice programs that the building trades have. And, um, but, you know, you mentioned, you know, the, the, the debt. And, you know, listen, not it's everybody. the best kept secret in town, J-Doc. And it, it should, and it should know, it, it shouldn't be a secret, but it, it is absolutely, it, it should not, no well, doubt. Ryan, who pays for the apprenticeships? Our members pay for the apprenticeship. And, yep. in, and in my case, our members have dedicated, we, we're, we're, we're about to open in, in March a $35 million training facility on North Broad Street that my members gave me the authority to use 20% of that school for community uh, people that will never see our union. That, that's to train them to get in other unions. So our members take a certain amount out of their check to their training fund, and that's what, what funds the next guy. I don't fund you because you're already there. It, it funds the next guy. It's, it's a great program. I mean, listen, our members, you know, we talk about the labor leader, but the, the lifeblood of our unions are our members. They go out here and they work hard every day, and in the case of building trade unions, they, they allow us to take a certain percentage of their earnings to put together for future generations to replace them. I mean, I mean, there is no 
greater way to show that you really care than to give of your own salary to help someone coming up next. And that is what the building, that's how we fund it. And, and our training is the best. I mean, we have about three apprenticeship schools now that are accredited by middle states accreditation. So you leave out and you actually have a, 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 an associate's degree. And the laborers nationwide on Friday, we just got accredited. So that makes five. I so mean, think I, about that. You, you have no debt. You come out with an associate's degree that's transferable to every college in this area. So even if you want a four-year degree, look how cheaply you could do that. And, and having said that, um, you know, it just goes to show, you know, how advanced our unions are, how advanced our building trades are. And Jerry Jordan, uh, you know, you, you talked about those discussions at the table when you were a kid, and then you see – the, the, the article in Philly Mag and and the things that you're doing in, in leadership today, leading your thousands of members. Are those stories, those things that you grew up learning, are they inspirations to you today? And do they fuel your fire to represent your members and obviously uh, African-Americans across the, uh, across the city of Philadelphia who want to be teachers to, to know that they can be anything that they want? Yes, absolutely. They did uh, really uh, stick with me, and I believe that I am who I am and where I am as a result of having uh, heard those stories at the uh, dinner tables when I was a youngster. Uh, I know that uh, you know as a teacher, I went to college, and uh, I had to go through a student teaching experience, and I did that. And... Uh, I happen to have had a wonderful experience. Uh, I student taught at Martin Luther King High School, and uh, I was there, in fact, the day that the governor at the time uh, declared uh, and signed into law the King holiday. Uh, and with him was the state representative at that time for that district, and that was my classmate, my high school, junior high and high school classmate, uh, John Clayton junior at the time and uh you know i took the lessons that i learned sitting at the family tables and uh i knew that the union was the right thing to do when i was a student teacher and i could not wait to uh sign a union card when i uh, completed my student teaching and uh, I was very fortunate also to have had a great uh, building rep, we called them in the PFT, but everybody else calls them shop stewards. And she was just fabulous. The day I finished my student teaching, I went to Jerry Newman and I said, give me a union card. And I signed up. And not only did I sign up, but I learned the contract for per diem subs because that was my first job in the school district uh and i subbed from i graduated in may and i subbed until the end of the school year in june but um i learned the language in the contract as because i knew that i had to learn it having heard the horror stories that my family members told and um i you know, have used those stories as a means of encouragement also. And it's 
helps me to know that when there are really tough challenges, I have to think back about the way in which uh, people dealt with those challenges pre in the days pre-Union, uh, and that was prior to 1965. The PFT didn't get um, become a bargaining unit until 1965. So, so many people preceded uh, me and, you know, really made the union what it is. But I try to make sure that I keep that in mind and also remind uh, our newer members about the very rich history that we have and the various fights that we've had. I uh, reminded, you know, a teacher the other day that, um, you know, a something we call preparation time for teachers to plan their lessons, mark papers during the day. Uh, that was the result of a 12-week strike during the winter in 1972-73. You know, most people in the system uh, today are were not uh, around in 1972-73. They weren't even born. But uh, I talked to her about the history of that and how important it is that we make sure that that is uh, honored in all of our buildings. And it's just so important that I think that, you know, we all uh, have reached a certain point in our lives, in our lives, but we have to reach back and we've got to educate and encourage our younger members to uh, come along and we've got to teach them what the fight was about. And, you know, what we all know in labor is that the same we're fighting many of the same fights that we fought 40 and 50 years ago in our unions but we've got to do it because if we don't we'll lose it when we come back after the commercial break we'll kick it off with chris woods president of district 1199c uh 1199c j doc was obviously front and center during the entire COVID-19 pandemic from the very beginning. Uh, We'll talk to Chris uh, about some of those challenges and how he emerged and kept everybody rolling along. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. Really good dialogue tonight on the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause, Ryan Boyer, Jerry Jordan, and Chris Woods uh, with us for the full hour, our opening hour of two uh, here on the Labor Show. Uh, two things before I transition uh, to Chris Woods. Uh, one, I hope the listening audience really had an opportunity, J. Doc, to listen and consume and learn a little bit uh, about the apprentice program, listening to how Ryan was describing sure. that it is so impactful so powerful and such an incredible opportunity and as as i commented about it being the best kept secret ryan quickly reminded us it shouldn't be a secret yeah, and, and, it's, and it, it's really unbelievable it's the life's blood of our, our our union community number one our, our building trade union community and number two it's self-contained like ryan said the members pay for it themselves and they educate people and they're also uh, training individuals that don't even work for their union so you want to talk about giving back As we went into the break, I mentioned Chris Woods kicking off uh, this segment. Uh, Congratulations. You are now the uh, president of District 1199C, all of the health care workers, Chris. And then you find yourself quickly 
at the start of the year uh, dealing with the pandemic and uh, all of your members um, and everything that has come from that and that started with that in some way, shape, or form fell on your shoulders uh, to lead. How, how hard, how challenging uh, was it uh, for you? Um, Joe, it was it was very, very hard. Um, in the beginning of the pandemic, we had um, a ton of employers who were not prepared from a health and safety um, standpoint when you talk about proper PPE. Um, so we had to, you know, step in and provide those type of uh, PPE equipment to our members and want to say thank you to all of the other unions who actually stepped in and helped uh, Ryan the PFT actually even raised money um, within their own membership to help donate and help, you know, uh, provide resources for us to go out and purchase um, PPE for our members. So I want to say thank you to both uh, to both Ryan and uh, Jerry um, and all of their support throughout the beginning of the pandemic. Um, we turned the Union Hall basically into a warehouse um, to make sure that our members had what they need. And then, um, you know, we had a lot of members who actually contracted COVID-19. So um, we had to deal with that. And um, we had to, you know, fight with the employers around, again, providing safe environments for folks. We had to, you know, negotiate on behalf of our, our members what it looked like when you were uh, begin your quarantine period. And, you know, whether you were using your time or whether we could negotiate with the employers to allow for people um, to just get paid and, and, and quarantine and stay home and, you know, stay safe. And, um, you know, we, we had to push on um, a lot of folks to be able to do that. And, um, again, our members just, I was so proud to be their president, so proud to lead them during this pandemic because um, they truly stepped up. They truly adapted to um, something that we've never seen before. Um, and there wasn't a lot of, you know, planning and preparation um, for this pandemic in the early stages and the outset of it. And so our members did the best that they could to keep all of us safe, and I'm really proud about that. And now um, we're continuing to try and push and educate folks around getting vaccinated and, um, you know, encouraging our members to do so and, you know, just trying to get, keep everybody safe as we continue to, to go through this thing. And uh, COVID is still very much real. Um, very much active uh, within our communities and within our uh, our members' uh, work environments. And so we're just trying to do everything we can to educate our folks and continue to be there for them. And anything that they needed throughout this process, um, you know, we tried to step up and do. And um, I want to thank all of those employers who stepped up and provided hazardous pay and understood the uh, the, the essential. Uh, frontline workers of all of our uh, hospital, long-term care, child care, home care, um, behavior and mental health, and our folks who were in the prisons. I want to, you know, thank the, the mayor and his administration and all of city council for um, providing in the last budget um, for our folks to receive hazardous pay for all of the men and women that we represent on state road within the prison system. So, um, we're, we're moving along. We've adapted. Um, obviously, we're still not in, um, have the ability to come back into all of our facilities to, you know, see our members face to face. So we, we've had to use a lot of social media, a lot of technology um, in the form of Zoom to hold membership meetings, 
to hold delegates assembly, to negotiate contracts, um, and to just stay on top of the, the, the day-to-day running of the union. And so I'm, I'm very proud of our union. I'm very proud of our members. And again, they deserve all of the credit because they were the ones who were truly on the front line and they were the ones who truly kept all of us safe to the best of their ability um, throughout this pandemic. And so they deserve a lot of credit. You know, having said that, Chris, there's been so many uh, healthcare facilities that, that, that thankfully that they have a union to be able to, to represent them and, and to be a part of the, getting the PPE and all those things. I know a number of healthcare facilities, particularly hospitals that are not unionized, that literally suffered without PPE, risking their, risking their workers and those, you know, the, the, the sick and injured in the hospitals. So that's a great example of how important it is to, you know, to have a union representing you. And I'll go to Ryan Boyer. Uh, Ryan, as president of the Philadelphia Building Trades, um, you guys really set the set the bar nationally. I, I, if I'm not incorrect, OSHA utilizes uh, what the building trades put together in their protocols across the country. Am I right? Absolutely. Uh, the business manager of the building trades, John Doherty, was, was on this thing early. Uh, if anybody know, I was in the hospital early, April the 2nd through the 6th. And uh, those times, you know, all apprenticeship directors and training directors and with the GBCA got together and we put in protocols that OSHA now uses all over the country that the CDC actually adopted. And we have been working since April and our infection rate on open air construction projects has been less than 2%. It's phenomenal. So when we get together uh, you know, we, we know how to do work safe because the the biggest thing is getting someone home in one piece. In construction, you can die, and we take safety very seriously. And I, I was very proud of Chris Woods. Chris called me. He said, look, I'm not waiting on these corporations and, and employers to do it. We have to get our people. He stood up a fund really quickly. Uh and people from organized labor and his friends and, and the connections that he had, they, 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 you know, they started populating it. And Jerry right now is fighting the fight to make sure the schools are safe for his members to come back. So that's what we do. You know, we partner sometime when the schools were sick in the summer and they were sick. They had asbestos and lead. Uh, we, we helped Jerry with a rapid response team, but Jerry was right there. Jerry knows everything. Chris knows everything. So the members are safe. When, when Jerry and Chris tell you it's cool to go back to work, it's cool. And if we tell you to go back to work, it's cool. Because we, we really, really worked on that. But I, I could take very little credit because I was sick myself. But uh, my, my training director, uh, John Doherty, and the building trades and the team that they assembled there, it, it, it's no it's no short of a miracle. Think about all the construction projects we had. Think about how how close quartered you had. They have less than 2% infection rate. And we would say that those 2% didn't come from the job. They probably came from family gatherings. Well stated by Ryan Boyer. Uh, Jerry Jordan is with us. Chris Woods uh, is with us. We're going to take our final break of hour number one on the Labor Show. We'll kick it off after the commercial break uh, with Jerry Jordan, who, as uh, Ryan Boyer said, is right now, J-Doc, fighting the fight. So we'll begin there after the break. 
Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause are presented by DC 33, Local 1637, News Guild 10, and IBEW Local 98. Choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor when planning your next project. I'm back here on the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause, enjoying a conversation with Ryan Boyer, uh, Jerry Jordan, uh, and Chris Woods. Unfortunately, J. Doc, we're down to our final segment uh, of the opening hour, so I can only give you about seven and a half minutes uh, in this final segment, sir. Uh, Jerry Jordan, you just called for solidarity for your membership, and we're talking about safety conditions for our members. Talk about that. Yes, we did. Uh, you know, as I think everyone knows, uh, Philadelphia school system has a lot of schools that are very, very old. We have a number of schools that are over 100 years old. And as a result of their age and uh, the net neglect that they've received for a number of years, because the uh, district really just did not have the funding to be able to maintain the buildings uh, properly, that, um, you know, when looking at buildings in this era of COVID-19 that we're living in, that we have to look at them differently because this virus uh, is a killer. And uh, we just definitely want to do everything that we can to make sure that we don't lose any children or any staff members as a result of it. So, uh, you know, many of the guidelines that the CDC has put in place as we, and repeated uh, yesterday in their announcement, we've already have those in place. We've agreed with the administration uh, on those things, such as the PPE that's necessary to be in each building, the social distancing uh, guidelines, and uh, hand washing and sanitizing stations. But where we have a big disagreement is with the uh, issue of ventilation. Uh, We have a number of rooms in in school buildings and other areas that do not have the uh, proper ventilation. And the district chose to uh, purchase some fans in order to install them into windows in classrooms to uh, bring in more air. Bringing in the air is a good thing. However, it just, it does not, those, uh, they do not exhaust the uh, air, you know, out of the room. So therefore, if, you know, someone, God forbid, has the virus, that the air coming in is just going to blow it around in the room and it will ultimately land on someone or some people. There's no exhaust. And that's Jerry, a Jerry. You think that they, you know, teachers been off for a long time. You think they could have handled this problem while we were while everybody was working remotely? Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. it sounds like rocket science, first, doesn't it? Yeah, it's not the first time that there's been an attempt to open uh, schools. You know, uh, my members want to go back because they prefer teaching the children face to face. Yeah, it's really hard to teach children. Uh, using a computer, you know, I you know say it frequently. I don't know, you know, how many miracles my members are uh, making every day because I don't know how you teach a first grader how to read 
using a computer. I mean, you need to be near that, that child or those children, and you've got to be able to really work with them one-on-one, and you've got to be able to also you know, encourage them, you know, a high five. You can't give a high five over a computer. Uh, and so many other things that our members are doing every day, but those uh, kinds of uh, things should have been, you know, worked out a long time ago and not now. You know, uh, we have had a history in the system of lead paint. We had a child poisoned from eating uh, lead paint droplets onto his desk. We uh, have had a huge problem with asbestos, and I don't blame the system for it. It's uh, the buildings are old, and buildings were built with asbestos in those years. However, the district uh, has not been given a s- sufficient uh, budget in order to be able to really uh, eliminate all of the asbestos. So we had to deal with that, and one of our members is uh, out and will never be back because she is suffering with uh, mesothelioma as a result of having uh, put in a little, uh, probably 30 years in the school district in two buildings, both buildings that have been identified with a tremendous asbestos problem. And, you know, we're not going to let that happen to another member. We're just what? not going to. So, or therefore, to- we're fighting to make sure that conditions are safe conditions for the children and for the staff to return. Words from Jerry Jordan, President of Philadelphia Federation of Teachers. Just a couple of minutes left uh, before we say goodbye here in hour number one. Ryan, I want to start with you. Chris, I'll come to you uh, right after uh, right after uh, Ryan. Take 60 seconds, if you will, Ryan, and just give us a closing thought. Uh, anything on your mind? It was so nice to be able to spend uh, the hour with all three uh, labor leaders on the show. I give you the, I give you your 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 minute in space or in radio time uh, to throw anything out there you'd like. The last four years in COVID hasn't shown us anything. Is that inequality exists in the United States, and the best way to fight inequality is to join a union. So if you're teaching somewhere, call the the PFT. If you're in a hospital. Right now, that isn't unionized. Call Chris Woods, and if you're in construction, call me. We well will sta- help you out, and that's it. Well stated by Ryan Boyer, business manager, laborers district council, president, Philadelphia uh, Building Trades. Great conversation tonight with Ryan J. Doc uh, about that program. Chris, now I come to you. Ryan left you an extra 15 seconds, so you have one minute, and uh, actually, you only have a minute now. Chris, I'll give you last word. Great, great. Uh, again, I just want to thank uh, both both Joes for having us. Um, again, I want to thank um, all of the members of both the PFT, Laborers District Council, and certainly 1199C for all the great work that they've done throughout this pandemic. And my last word is just to urge everybody to get vaccinated. Um, you know, COVID is still real. Um, folks are still dying, and uh, we got to take this seriously. And so, Thanks for having us. Um, This was really important for us to be on here tonight. And um, thank you guys for always giving us a platform to be able to, you know, speak to our members and speak to folks who are in the tri-state area. So thank you. Yeah, no, really, really good stuff. And Jay Doc, I think great show, um, yeah, great, great show. show. Uh, special thanks, Ryan Boyer, Jerry Jordan, and Chris Woods. Uh, and Jay Doc, I or Ryan, Jerry, and Chris, I want to uh, Jay Doc will send you the podcast of this show. 
send it out to all your members. It was really inspiring. It was great stuff and great conversation. That's going to do it for hour number one of the Labor Show with Krause and J. Doc here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. See you.